Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, December the 13th, 2023. It's the second Wednesday in Advent, and it's also the feast of St. Lucy, Virgin and Martyr. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. So our reading today is a short one. And it's funny, we had recently read, I believe it was Luke's version of... The Father has revealed everything to me, and and um, I reveal these things to the little ones, and everything that's known about the Father is known to the Son, etc. I'm not reading it properly. But in Matthew's Gospel, that particular passage is followed by this. In other words, if I just sum it up, and this is actually the official reading for the anointing of the sick liturgy. First, it says, God has revealed his truths to little ones. Then Jesus says, the Father reveals everything to me, and I give everything back to the Father. He's talking about his intimacy with his Father. In other words, be like me, a child before the Heavenly Father. Even Jesus himself is just a little child before the Father, calling him Abba, Daddy. Then he goes on to say this. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, etc. What we just heard. I want to make a point here that is very hard for us to hear in our current society. And that is, and I and I say this all the time, I say it in a lot of different ways, and it's something we desperately need to learn. Your salvation does not depend upon your works. Although works are very important, don't get me wrong, faith without works is dead. We're told that in the Bible. But your salvation doesn't come from you. Your salvation comes from the action of Almighty God. To say it's your own action is known as Pelagianism. It's a heresy. It comes from the action of Almighty God. And to the degree that we rest in him to the degree that we follow him, to the degree that we trust him. This is our salvation. This is, that's the same degree by which we receive grace. A friend of mine who was going through a bit of a conversion experience, this is now about 15 years ago, called me one day and said, I had this dream. Can you tell me what it means? And I was so pleasantly surprised to hear her, her dream. And I, I still talk about it all the time. She had a dream. She and I were good friends and in real life and in the dream. And in the dream, Jesus invited us to play and we were in heaven. And she said, we look like little children and we were playing and he was sitting on his throne and we were just playing at the feet of Jesus. And there was a staircase that led to earth. Very, I know you're thinking Led Zeppelin, but that's not where I'm going. Very similar to Jacob's ladder. That's where Jacob saw the angels going up and down into heaven, back and forth to earth. She saw the staircase 
And she said, I want to see where the staircase goes. And Jesus says, well, you're allowed to go, but I, I really don't want you to. I want you to stay here with me. But she said, oh, I just want to see what it is. So she went down the steps and she realized she was going to earth and earth was different than heaven. And she noticed that as she went down the steps, she became big. She became an adult. She went back up the steps. She became a child again. And she invited me to join her in this. And we thought it was fun to run up and down the steps. And Jesus just continued to gently say to us, you're allowed to go down those steps, but I want you to sit here and play with me. And she just noted how happy we were when we simply played at the feet of Jesus. It's a profound dream. It's very, very profound. Jesus wants us to be like children. Jesus wants us to take on his yoke. And what does that really mean? It means giving him all of our garbage, giving him our stress, our anxiety. We're so overloaded with stress and anxiety right now. And you know why? It goes back to what Pope John Paul talked about all the time. It's the father wound. It's the feeling of fatherlessness that I have to do it all myself. I have to take care of everything. I have to work so hard, especially around Christmas time. We're thinking, oh, I have so much to do. And yet the Lord wants us to, he's become a baby so that he can relate to us because he wants us to be babies. We're his babies. He's become a baby so that we can be one with him so that we can play together at the feet of the Father. I know you might think, how do I do this? Oh, life is so stressful. I have so much to do. It's true we have our duties, but he wants us to trust him more. He wants us to trust him that he has a plan and he's going to provide. And we don't need to be the richest person, the most popular person, the person with the greatest accomplishments. The peace of God that comes out of heaven is more important than all those things. And in the end, when life comes to an end in this world, when we are judged, that's all we're going to want. It's really the only reality we're going to have other than hell. And he wants us to start preparing for that, to be at peace, to trust in him. Today we have a saint St. Lucy, who was a martyr. It's believed she was martyred around the year 304 AD. These early Christians, by becoming Christian, they were giving up life in this world. We get stressed out. I was just reading an article about how, you know, when we shut down all the churches in 2020, we were choosing physical health over spiritual health. Now, did we need to take precautions for our health? Sure. But What we've done and we still haven't recovered from it is that we've communicated to the world that what we offer here in church isn't as important as what the world is offering you. Even when it has to do with your health, still we've given the wrong message that faith is secondary, that faith can come later. And here we have a world now where people are dying all over the place for whatever reason, because of an illness, because of a medicine that they've taken that wasn't good for them. There's all these different things, people having heart attacks and blood clots and all these things. And I pray in each case that at the very least they've been right with the Lord, that they've made a good confession, that they've repented of their sin, that they've turned back to God. But we as a church, you know, we communicated to them that their relationship with God was not primary. When in reality, 
all it's all that matters. These early martyrs, Saint Lucy, uh, she's always depicted holding her eyes. It's believed she was a virgin martyr that uh, one of the Romans wanted to marry her, that she said no, and they were angry with her, so they challenged her on her faith. They mar, they tortured her and killed her for her faith. There's something about the eyes. Either she gouged out her own eyes. Some people believe because that was a way not to marry that man. She didn't want to look at him. Uh, a lot of people, however, believe, historians believe that her eyes were gouged out as part of her torture before she died. But the story goes that after her death, her eyes um, reconstituted themselves. God reconstituted her eyes, and her eyes were incorrupt. <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly of the story, but when we see her, a statue or a picture of her, she's holding her eyes on a plate. With many of the martyrs, I know we Catholics are considered morbid, but it's believed that the things that tortured us most here on earth, the things that we died from, will be our crown in heaven. And this is why a lot of times um, body parts of saints have become incorrupt, even though the rest of the body decays. And very often it's that part of them that made them a saint, the part of them that perhaps suffered the most. So... With St. Lucy and with countless stories of the early martyrs, we hear about how they patiently, peacefully went to their death. Imagine, we are stressed out, and don't get me wrong, I mean, we have to worry about our life in this world. We can't just, like, all go be homeless, right? But, I mean, we lose our minds. We don't have the Lord. We suffer from anxiety, and we lose our minds, let's just say, over the price of groceries. And, yeah, I'm part of that. I'm losing my mind over these prices, too. But these people could no longer live a normal life in the world once they chose Christ in those first 300 years. They knew they were going to be martyred. So what did they do? They continued to live their faith. They took care of the poor and the sick. They worshiped in the catacombs. They proclaimed Jesus Christ. And when they were called to account for their faith, they spoke up on behalf of their faith in Jesus and so many of them very peacefully went to their deaths, even though they were being burned to death or ripped apart by lions or stabbed by gladiators. They peacefully went. They prayed for their persecutors. In many cases, there was a miraculous intervention keeping them from feeling any pain. They made their choice for Jesus and the Lord protected them and carefully led them to heaven. And as a result, so many people watching wanted them to become Christian because they realized in Christianity is something miraculous. It's something more real than what we think is the reality around us. I was thinking as I was getting ready to preach on this of just different examples. One secular example, I always think, and I love when these videos come up of Mr. Miyagi from all the different uh, Karate Kid movies. Whenever there was a threat, he would become very calm. And the bad guys would always think, oh, we got him now, this old man. What's he going to do? He's just standing there. Why was he getting so calm? Well, I'm no karate expert, but many karate experts will tell you, if you just start flailing and punching and kicking, you're going to lose the fight, <laughs> right? You, you, the, this is what someone does when they have no idea what they're doing. But what was he doing? He was concentrating. He was centering himself. He was bringing himself to a place of peace so that he would be in total control. In one of the videos, I think it was Karate Kid 4, with the one with Hillary Swank, he says, no, no, no fight. In fights, someone always get hurt. And he's just this little old guy standing there perfectly still, and this gang of men attack him. And 
he hurts them. <laughs> he he knows exactly what to do. He's better trained than anybody else in the world. And after they're all lying on the ground in pain, he said, I told you, no fight. In fight, someone always get hurt. Well, that's a secular example. I think of a sacred example, Pope John Paul II. There's so many stories like this, but I think of this one famous story where he was visiting another country and the plane was getting ready to land and they, he was praying on the airplane and they, they came up and they shook him and, and they said, Holy Father, Holy Father, on the ground, there's this riot breaking out and there's, you know, they're, they're agreeing on these horrible terms for a peace treaty and, and they're, they're just, everything's all messed up. Holy Father, what are, what are we going to do? And he looked at all of them a little bit surprised that they disturbed his prayer and he said, yes, all the more reason to pray. And he put his head back down again. This is a saint. There were times that his secretary would tell the story in the Vatican. There were heads of state ready to meet with him and some international crisis was going on and it was time for the meeting and they needed the Pope there for that meeting because some really important thing was happening and they couldn't find him and he was late. And so his secretary would go out into the hallways looking for the Holy Father and he would always find him in front of a picture or a statue of the Blessed Mother. He had just drifted off into prayer. He just saw a picture of Our Lady and just so deeply in love with her, just drifted into contemplation. And this is how he lived his life, a true mystic, that what matters most is that we pray. What matters most is that we trust in the Lord. We lay ourselves at his feet. We play at his feet. We realize we have a God that can take care of everything, and therefore we don't have to be stressed out. We don't have to take ourselves too seriously. In fact, humor, a good sense of humor, the ability to laugh, it falls under the virtue of hope. Hope leads to laughter. Hope means I've placed my life in God's hands. I trust in Almighty God. I've given my life to Him, and He is going to take care of me. And therefore, I can play. I can be that child. So as Christmas gets closer, let's remember, we don't honor the Lord by frantically stressing out and and adding activity upon activity to our lives. Rather, a lot of times we think that's what does honor the Lord. Work, work, work. We honor the Lord by trusting in him, by being at peace with him, by taking time for prayer, letting God be God and remembering that we are his children. Have a great day. God bless you.